Hi, and welcome to Captain's Corner, a podcast about community, mission, and culture. This podcast is a ministry of the Salvation Army of Tampa, where we exist because we believe every person can be the person God has called them to be. Also, please check us out at tampasa.org and go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at SalArmyTampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Sandra Gray, president of Asbury University. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Well, we were able to get Dr. Gray here. She's in Tampa and stopped by for just a few minutes to visit, and Dr. Mark Troyer's with her as well. Um, so I just wanted to take some time. You have had a great kind of conclusion. You're, you're in the middle of this last phase. I know you don't want to talk about it being the end. I get, I get that. But to your, this end of your career has been a little different maybe than you would have anticipated from the beginning. How long have you served as president? Twelve years. Okay. So thinking 12 years, so we're going back to 2007. Seven. I did, I did take a math class at Asbury. <laughs> that wasn't exactly an easy time to come into a leadership of an institution that has such distinctives. We had not, before, not long before that, 2001, 9-11, financial challenges there. Not long after you get in, you have a financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And here, Asbury's been just about to complete a $60 million capital campaign. You're thriving how did you? How did this happen? How did you lead them through this time? Well, just no other credit other than to the Lord. That's yes. the first place of Amen. credit. But then the second place is having a good team. Yes. And I've, I would never be one to say I've done these things because anything good that's happened has been the Lord and Amen. the team. But if I were to take credit for anything, which I'll give the Lord credit for this too, is that We've put together a great team. Amen. <laughs> wonderful. So having a great cabinet, uh, wonderful faculty and staff, and the students that the Lord has brought in, just all together make for a great uh, opportunity. And the fact that we are an institution that's very open to the Lord's leadership. Yes. And so we're willing to go His way. We don't always get it right. A lot of times we don't, but we want to. Yes. And yeah. He does uh, give us grace, and when we want to go his way, he's right with us. So Amen. it's really been a great joy. We have had those things I'd forgotten. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to but, bring it up, but yeah. But the, the year after coming in, yeah. uh, when the market just went south, and at that time, you know, I come from a business background, right. and so I was really glad to be able to read a financial statement Amen. in yeah, 2008 sure. to understand what was happening. And so I believe that uh, I know that God brought me in for whatever strange reason he chose to do that. Well, tell us a little about that. So you didn't, when you probably graduated from college and you maybe when you finished your Ph.D., mm-hmm. I, I know enough of your story to know mm-hmm. that you probably weren't thinking you were going to be the president of a institution like Asbury. Was that your, that was a goal for you? Was it, that a? Being president of Asbury University was never on my to-do list at all. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, when the board and the search committee first started talking to me about uh, coming into the role, I said, I'll help you find somebody. How can I help you? But it's not sure. me. Yes. Uh, but it's interesting how God works. He stirs in our hearts and he lets us know that Yes, I am working, and I am teaching, and I'm showing you that this is my plan. Hmm. And so Ken, my husband, and I just uh, really both kind of came to the place at the same time as we were praying. This Hmm. really is the Lord. Wow. And so we'll always say yes to the Lord. Did you anticipate going into the academy? 
Or were, were, could you have a business background? I did not. Yeah, at so all. that was a switch that, too. That what was what a were you wanting to do? What, I mean, you worked yeah. in a bank. bank yeah, environment, I, I, I worked in the bank. I loved the bank. I was vice president of the bank before I came to Asbury. And so, if presidency had ever been on my mind, it would have been in the bank, sure, and not sure, someplace else. But it was one of those moments which aren't many that are so profound as this where the Holy Spirit just kind of showed up almost in person. Mm. And when I was on my knees praying one day and just saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm there. And he said, I want you to teach. Really? And so I knew that I heard from the Lord at that time that he was shifting my direction. Sure. So uh, until then, it had never been on my my, uh, radar to-do list at all. And so I uh, did end up going to Asbury then to teach. That was the first, did you teach anywhere else I had never taught anywhere. I had never worked, (laughs) I had never developed a a syllabus. (laughs) Wow, interesting. So all of those things, I mean, just think about how God has shaped you as a person, particularly as we think about, you you had the credibility Mm -hmm. then as being a faculty Mm -hmm. member Mm -hmm. to step into the role as president, but then Mm -hmm. also the business ability to be able to guide through this challenging time. Yeah. And and for me, I think another blessing is that that was home for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, during that time, it would have been hard to be a new president and be transitioning to find a new church, a grocery store, oh, sure, a bank, sure. the doctors. And so I already had a Central Kentucky network or sure, a Kentucky sure. network. And so I think for this point in time, it, it was a good thing that... You know, already knew my way around, and so it seemed very seamless mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me in some ways, just because of knowing the community, knowing the territory, knowing the people. One of the things that's unique about my role as a Salvation Army officer and area commander in Tampa is that I have a variety of unique constituents. So, like people, there are a lot of people who claim to mm-hmm. rightfully to be the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. So we have um, uh, fifty staff that mm-hmm. rightfully need to be the Salvation Army in Tampa. We have board members. We have people who are serving. We have volunteers. We have people come to our church. And all these people, I'm charged to lead, and Abby and I do that together. Mm-hmm. And they all want something different from me. Yeah. And you have a unique environment. <laughs> like, how do you bring all these professors? And I and I know one of your professors. Oh, you do. My brother, <laughs> and I know how tough he is mm-hmm. and wonderful he is. But then you have that. You have board members. You have donors. You have me, an alumni, who expects to see certain things happening at you know, the institution mm-hmm. that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have current students. You have future students. Mm-hmm. How do you manage all of these diverse groups? Mm-hmm. That's a very great insight. And obviously, it's your experience, too. But... Uh, they all come from different agendas and, for the most part, have the same end goal. I say for the, for the most sure, part. Sure, sure, yeah. But uh, it is a delicate balance. And I think just learning to listen very early mm. on, uh, to listen and to know their hearts and to let uh, uh, them talk through things that are important to them has been helpful. You know, I think right. that's important. I, I guess an important learning lesson, leadership lesson. And the other thing is that if you want to lead, you have to learn. Amen. And so the only way to learn is to listen to others. And then it is a delicate balance in uh, trying to manage all the different constituency agendas and goals. Sure. But ultimately, I focus on mission. You know, Asbury's missional. We know who we are, what we want to do, what our purpose is. And so I just keep trying to drive 
Now, some of our folks don't know everything Asbury who listen to, this. to the mission. And I tell I tell everybody who comes in contact with me about Asbury. I yeah. so, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, no. But tell ahead. tell some particularly some of our folks who don't know Asbury at all mm-hmm. um, Asbury's mission. Okay, so first let me say that Asbury is 128 years old. Amen. And so we've been around for many decades. And ultimately, I mean, the wording would have changed in the mission, Mm -hmm. but really the ethos and the theme and the focus of our mission has not changed. Mm -hmm. And that is is that we want to equip men and women uh, to be uh, leaders in their community, to uh, be leaders in their family, in their church, in the community, and the world. Mm-hmm. and to advance the cause of Christ in the mm-hmm. world. And so we want to do it in a very organic way that it's wherever God has you, in mm-hmm. serving in your home, serving in your work, serving in your church, and to use that as a way to advance the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's really our, our goal, is to equip our graduates to be able to be ready, right. to be ready for wherever God calls them to be. And it's done in a liberal arts environment. Liberal like arts environment. In the Wesleyan holiness is our uh, theological and doctrinal tradition. And that's, that's very important to us because the Wesleyan holiness uh, message is that we believe that God can transform. Amen. And so no matter the circumstance, and that's true for you and your work here, yes. no matter the Amen. circumstance, God can be transformative in Amen. that. Amen. Individually, in families, and in the community. So I love speaking the word and, and the uh, potential of transformation. Amen. Well, you know, I, just before we came in here, I went to get Arika Smith, who is an alumni and just graduated MSW last year, and she's working with us here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And when I went down to her office, there was a young woman who I know who had just come into our shelter last night after mm-hmm. spending m- many nights and weeks um, sleeping outside and has finally decided to make a change in her life. And Arika was in there counseling with her, encouraging mm-hmm. her. And she needed a little break at the moment, so we were able to go get her some water. But mm-hmm. you think, like, we believe that that situation can change. Yes, We believe Amen. God, we have an optimistic grace. We believe in optimistic grace that God can transform yes. any situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Amen. I'll stop preaching. I, 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 we we no, want to hear true. from you. So but, but gonna, I, and yeah. I, I'm... It makes me very proud, I'll have to say, to be able to see our alumni, I mean, Arika, that you're talking about, and then, of course, uh, Brendan and Sarah, to have them here. But they are doing what they've been prepared to do and to step into an unknown community and an Mm. unknown environment. Yes, that's right. Thousands of people all around the world. So, yeah. and, and probably, I don't know if you've counted it up, but it'd be interesting how many people have graduated under your leadership. And yeah, and I will count that up. I don't know. <laughs> but we have graduates in 50, all 50 states wow. and in 88 countries. Amazing. Yeah. And here you are in Tampa. What a privilege for us. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a tougher question. This isn't a okay. curveball, I promise. Okay. But obviously, like, kind of one of the challenges for an institution like Asbury in the future of higher education and the Christian liberal arts environment mm-hmm. is holding on to distinctives that that we have as far as like the relationship that between a man and a woman mm-hmm. um, and how that works even in um, related to human sexuality and right. some of the things some schools like Asbury have had challenges particularly mm-hmm. in California there was a bill a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that would have made it very hard for institutions to stay open as a result mm-hmm. of the sexual revolution mm-hmm. so like how do you think about the future of Asbury in, in institutions like it as we are facing this revolution that's really mm-hmm. challenging to us. Yeah, yeah, and those issues are very real for us, and yeah. the 
intrusion in what we perceive as our religious liberties right, have right. been invaded in, in many ways. But ultimately, we have to know who we are and whose we are and to be willing to say, we draw the line in the sand. We believe that God's Word is the authority. Amen. And we're going to stand on the authority of the Word. We uh, And so we want to keep living that out. And then at some point then, it, it's really our faith that says, mm-hmm. okay, God. And there have been many moments when I've said, you know, God, this is yours. <laughs> and you've got to figure this out for us. So to to try to water it down or to try to straddle the fence is really a very precarious place. First of all, it doesn't align with us, you know, right. in our faith. But I don't even think that it is... Uh, feasible or doable to try to uh, to do that, and so we just want to, in as kind and loving uh, way as we can, yes. to say this is who we are, and this is the reason we are because we're standing on the word, and we believe this is what God has taught us, mm-hmm. and so we're going to live that out. Uh, but I believe, and this is a part of our faith, I believe that God has a way for us to not uh, have mission drift, mm-hmm, for us mm-hmm. to hold to our mission but to be relevant today. You have to do that. That's Amen. what you're yeah. doing in sure. your work. But, yeah. but to hold to our mission, but to still be relevant. And yes. he's got a way. And there are a couple of scriptures. I love one in Acts, Acts 5, I think, where it says that King David mm-hmm. served his generation in his day. Amen. And so God's got a way for us to serve our generation in this day and to not violate his principles at the same time. Amen. So sometimes it's messy. Uh, and we tread into it in, in ways that are uncomfortable, but ultimately we're going to be true to the Lord. Amen. I like you brought up a way that you're balancing some of these. It's, it's a balance it is. on this front. And I know Mark's in the room. He had to do that in his days in student development, yeah. and now even in you know advancement, there's yeah. a balance always that we always. define in life. Yeah. It's interesting too, like to think of this reality of having to trust that this is God's Asbury, it's God's idea, it's mm-hmm. his, but mm-hmm. then you still have to work. Uh, that's yeah, exactly you right. Still have to, and you still have to make decisions every day. <laughs> Amen, yes. Yeah. And you yeah. go, you spend a fair amount of time in Washington too, right? Yeah. You, like, I think, I'm not sure that I know enough about presidencies mm-hmm. of, of institutions or particularly Asbury, but you've invested a fair amount in politician mm-hmm. relationships with politicians mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yes. through the years of visiting making them aware of yeah. what's happening and i've always done that but the last three or four years uh have been very significant in terms of advocacy right. and so i put myself in front of our politicians regularly to say here's what christian higher ed is depending upon from you and we need your help and then uh, have invited them and they come and their field reps and their chiefs of staff will come to our campus and we'll even get out their pencil and paper and write down things. And I've started handing them agenda items and those things that are important. And so we're blessed to be in Kentucky yes. where we have people that will listen and yes. basically share the same general values that we do. But if I consider what I did my first three or four years in the presidency compared to the last three or four years, it's like a different job. Is it really? Because advocacy was not a you know, significant. I would do it just once a year because I thought I should. Okay, But it wasn't really just making the appeal and a strong advocacy move that has to happen now. So I do see that as being very important in the days ahead. I think when I was a student and I was first in ministry as a Salvation Army officer, I did not realize the importance, particularly of local politics. Yes. For me, um, I didn't imagine that. Well, it's probably as high as we get is we're interacting with our um, 
our local House of Representatives, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. representative, uh, our local congressman. So, mm -hmm. but interacting with those political leaders is so key for us to be able to help people understand what's right. going on. Yeah. And you've yeah. made a move toward that too. I'm not saying you, under mm -hmm. your leadership, mm -hmm. and I, I recognize mm -hmm. that that's God's work. It's a Holy yeah, Spirit yeah. prompting you, mm -hmm. using your education mm -hmm. and your skill. But this uh, Congressman Joe Pitts, you have yeah. that. Uh, kind of a new emphasis that's come to school it's because of public that? public policy, the uh, Joe Pitts uh, Center for Public Policy. I love that. So we're really trying, I mean, the, the real heart and passion out of that is to develop students that are much more politically aware, hmm. civically aware, yes. that would even see themselves as being involved in, in civic conversations, public conversations, and running for office. Yes, yeah. You know, how cool would it be to have an Asbarian on the Supreme Court or wow. you know, at, at any other level of public policy. So right now, Congressman Jody Heiss okay. from Georgia okay. is an Asbury alum that's okay. in federal government. Congressman Joe Pitts was there. We did have yeah. two, so we've got to get more Asburyans Yes, there. absolutely. Hi, friends. I just want to take a minute here to tell you about the sponsor for our first season of Captain's Corner. Trade South is the Southern Territory's Supplies and Purchasing Department. They are tasked with resourcing the field with products and services at the best negotiated prices. This is accomplished in a two-fold way. To buy and stock products in volume, maximizing our collective purchasing power, and to negotiate discount vendor agreements that reflect the needs of the territory. Trade South stocks over 4,000 unique products in its Atlanta warehouse and offers over 5,000 more shipped directly through vendors. Visit Trade South at MyTradeSouth.com for vendor agreements, programs, you can visit discounts.mytradesouth.com. And I'll just add that Trade South has produced my two books, Stay the Course and His uh, Holistic Hospitality. You can find those there, and I always refer people to that site because I'd rather people leverage their dollar at a Salvation Army site where the kind of the net income is going to go to support the Salvation Army's mission. And so I just encourage you to check out this site. Jeremy Roll and his team have done a great job really bringing the Salvation Army's trade concept into the 21st century with their website and their great customer service. So check them out at MyTradeSouth.com. Now back to our program. So I, I want to pivot a little bit. This is kind of a, a little different question, more viewed personally, because mm -hmm. I think when people are leaders or often readers, what are you reading lately? What do, what, do you have time? Yeah, yeah, well, usually it's on the plane or sitting in airports, but I have three books I'm reading that are very similar, and I don't usually read in the same genre, but just because of all that's happening in the, the world, I am. One is uh, Marching Off the Map, okay, which is a great book, actually, for you to read. Uh, that's just talking, and, and it's centered around the idea that in the very early days of military conquest, there was no map. People just had a, a, a they, they felt a passion about something they should do, and they took off. Interesting. And so we are somewhat in that area now that we're heading into territory we've never seen before. Interesting. And so the marching off the map talks about the future. That's one. Another one is uh, The Coddling of the American oh, Mind. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? This is Jonathan Haidt? Yes. Yes. And so that... Oh, I'm so glad to know you're reading this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. And the third one is uh, Christians in the Age of Anger, or I've forgotten how it is, Ed Setzer. Oh, yeah, great, and so, yeah. So I'm reading it. So I'm about halfway through all of these. But that one, Christians in the Age of Outrage. 
that's what it is, of of outrage. And so just trying to learn, so how do we as Christians, there are times when I feel outraged, don't you? Yes, absolutely. You you just feel outraged about it. Social media has made that all the more prominent, for better or for worse. Things well enough that we should fight against and that we should stand against. But how do Christians do that Mm -hmm. in this age of outrage? Interesting. So uh, it sets her. That's another great one. Well, can I back up to Jonathan? Are you in the middle of that right now? I am in the middle of that. Coddling of the American mind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and I, I s- get kind of outraged at that. Do you? Oh yeah, I mean, sure. I want to hear about this. <laughs> so, if, you're, and, if you're with your position, that's I'm I'm delighted. I can't tell you how excited I am. And even I know you're only in there for a few more months. Mm-hmm. The president of my institution, I still claim, even though I'm yeah, not there, yeah. is uh, reading that book. I mean, so, yeah. so you know, he makes this distinction between you know the the, the terms aren't as uh, helpful as I'd like, but yeah. uh, between social justice university right. and truth university. That's right. The social psychologist who's not a Christian. Not, doesn't even believe God exists, right. but he's yet he's standing up for what he calls Truth University. What do you think think of that idea? Is that something you see? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have to look at it in the context of all of society. You know, if you were to take some of these pieces out, it's like, no, nah, I don't like that. Yeah, sure. But then when you look at it in the same context, I think he's right on. On. Uh, uh, yeah. So he's like talking, the coddling of the American mind is like this idea that there's a generation that's come up while you, since you've been president that um, doesn't want to hear um, certain th- ideas even presented that are contrary. They don't even want to hear truth. Right, sure. Yeah. And it's more about what the, this, this offended self seems to just direct their whole vision. And mm-hmm. they, if they hear something in a classroom that they disagree with, they're having a right. And we've heard yeah. about some of these reports at universities. Right. Um, uh, how do you, do you see any of that creep creeping into Asbury? Well, certainly not in in a uh, in an over the top way. Sure, but sure. I do in the kinds of conversations and the way people first respond, and perhaps just not knowing how to listen as well anymore, and okay, knowing how to disagree. Yeah, uh, because it's always been okay to disagree, and Asbury really wants to be the kind of institution where it's a safe place to have the most difficult conversations. And so how do we create an environment where it is okay for you and I to disagree on something, but yet we do it with respect and with civility and without contempt? Right. And so I've been focusing on this word contempt lately because I think that there's so much that rather than just being civil, there's the lack of, I mean, there's more contempt with those with whom we disagree. Definitely. You get separate, and social media separates us out. They don't allow us even see if somebody's different from us. We can't. And that's a great thing about uh, a university is that this is a place where ideas come and the best ideas win. And ultimately, like we believe that the truth will win and that truth's revealed in Jesus and how God's created our world for people to thrive in that world. And ultimately, that will will win the day. And you know what? If, If it's not true, then show me, yeah, and let's yeah, see, well, we'll yeah, live on that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I love that too. Another one of my favorite scriptures in Acts, also, where it says, "Whatever the situation is, that if it's of God, it's not going to be overthrown. Amen. If it's of man, it's going to fail. Yes. So let's just let this go, and God's will and truth and perfect, uh, perfect will will prevail. Yeah, interesting. And what's not of Him will be overthrown. Now, of course. The reality is they don't say, but you can suffer a lot of pain in the middle of it. Yes, know? absolutely. So it doesn't mean yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure you felt that too. That, I yeah, mean, that, through the through these uh, 12 years, I mean, you've had to you've had to take some 
probably some hard stands in there. I know like student development creates an environment where there are people who don't fit into what's happening. You have to stand up for certain truths. And and that's a delicate balance for us too because ultimately uh, this is our opportunity Mm -hmm. to be hands and feet of Jesus to other people. Mm -hmm. And so... Of course, Mark, coming from student development and the way that we look at discipline and and enter into those kinds of conversations, but we want the best for the student. Right. And so how do we walk alongside them and give them the opportunity to make better choices? So it's our opportunity. We can talk all day about how difficult things might be or things that we disagree with, but ultimately, okay, this is our opportunity to speak into it and try to bring about allow you know usher in the kind of environment that the lord can bring change and transformation you've said something pretty consistently and uh, you've said the word a variety of times about listening so here uh, this may this maybe isn't a good question but what what are questions that you ask like that that help people help you learn what what are good questions you ask so that helps Mm -hmm. you listen well Mm -hmm. so that people start to speak Mm-hmm. Um, like pretty, like stu- you have you have a student come in who's frustrated with a, a rule, or you have a board member who's uh, you you need to engage. Mm-hmm. What questions do you mm-hmm. ask people? Yeah, so uh, and I don't profess to do it well all the okay. time, but what I but I want to. Yeah. Uh, and so what I will try to do is to first of all, so you know, what's on your heart and mind? What are and and even what's weighing heavy on your mind? What are mm-hmm. those things? And then as they begin to speak, to say unpack that. You know, unpack that, unpack that un- unfold yeah. it. You know, let's pull back the layers. And so somehow to try to set an environment that allows one layer at a time mm-hmm. to be pulled back. Because sometimes, and particularly in leadership, you'll pull back one layer and, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But the fact is there may be five other layers oh, sure. that need to be uh, rolled back before you can really understand it. And so that's where many times it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me know mm-hmm. how much further this needs to go. And people are slow probably to reveal to you um, as a person at the top of the organization in an organizational, like structural way, mm-hmm. probably what they maybe don't know if they feel comfortable to say those things. Mm-hmm. So you have to, yeah. probably something you learn from being a professor too, unpack that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a yeah, little bit more yeah. here. Let, let's dig a little deeper. So yes. what, what's the next piece of that? Or and then it might be okay. So what have you not told me? Mm. <laughs> you know, to even say what? Boy, what when you said that to me, I felt like I had something I needed to say. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So oh let's man, talk. <laughs> the, the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything to hide at the moment. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, no. yeah. but but that I mean, and I, I well often said it. So what have you not told me? Yeah, sure. Or like in interviewing a candidate. So. What should I have asked you that I haven't asked Oh, that's you? a good one. Oh, I hope people are writing these down when you hear it. <laughs> I, I, I will go back and write them down, too. And sometimes they will be more transparent then. Yeah, sure. They, wa- they might want to yeah, open up and yeah. share. Yeah, they'll say, well. Because they wanted to say something. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what, what should I have asked that I haven't asked? Well, that's a good one. I have a, you know, have a few. We're, we're in the process of hiring a new development director. And so I think there I'm going to use some of those questions. Yeah. Well, I'll get at least one more question. We'll see how this goes. So I, I know like you're not probably thinking too much about retirement, but you're at a, a definite phase where the end of your career as pretty as a president, I'm sure you'll do some other things come July. Um, but how does life look different at this phase than, say, when you were 38 years old? Oh, my, yes. You know, uh, I would only... I would only want to be younger 
if I could know what I know now. <laughs> because there's no substitute for experience. Okay. No substitute yes. for experience. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have had the experience that I've had. And I, I have actually, even on this trip, we've been interviewing and talking, meeting with a lot of alums. And I think one of the challenges for me at this season, and I know that God has stirred in my heart and he's showed me that this is his timing for right. me. So I, I don't question that. I mean, it's really out of obedience that I've made this decision. But there is this angst. It's like, oh, my goodness, there were so many things. I would love to have done, right. and have I done the right things? And you know, should there have been different strategic directions that could have resulted in greater outcome? And then ultimately, you know, I just have to say, well, Lord, you know, I've, yeah. I'm, I'm here, and someone else will be coming to pick it up. But yesterday, maybe this was a, a good word for me, but I had a gentleman who was a pastor. He's 90 years old, been retired for a while, and he just called me out of the blue yesterday and said. President, are, are, are our students learning how to pray? He said, wow. he said, when students cross the stage to get their diploma, do they have a prayer life? Wow. And, you know, it's just one of those big kind of moments. It's like, oh, I pray that they do. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, we can't guarantee that. Yeah. And so it's those kinds of times. It's like, oh, have they learned enough? Are they right. ready? I feel that way in parenting. It kind of really is that. To. Yes. You're like you're, you're given all that you can, like, yeah. and, and, no, and then no, you send them out. <laughs> I haven't had to do that yet. You haven't yet. had to do yeah, that yeah. yet, but he yeah. sent three out. Oh my goodness! But, yeah, uh, but yeah, and so that's where the comfort comes back to say, you know what? It's the Lord's, mm-hmm. and if we do the best we can to be obedient, and we will miss a lot of it. And I said, I mean, we a lot of times when we haven't done it right, but it's not because we don't want to, right? And so God will honor that and. I love it. I like it's that's pretty encouraging in light of some of the challenges that I'm facing now. And I imagine people who are listening like have some challenges right in front of them to keep on moving and trusting that God's taking these steps with you. Yeah. One of the verses we've been talking about because we heard this at the prayer breakfast from uh, international national prayer breakfast with uh, international justice president, but it was saying you know don't don't become weary in well doing. Uh, is it Gary Hogan? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Don't become weary in well-doing that some part of what we do will get right and some part of what we're doing we may not get right, but mm-hmm. not to be weary or discouraged, but keep trying to do good. Amen. And so I do think for the listeners that I would want to encourage them, you just keep on keeping on and trying to, to do what God's calling you to do and not to become weary mm-hmm. when you don't see the results and to be comfortable with the fact that the results may never be visible sure. to us. It's a hard thing to accept. But, it is, you know, but God's still at work whether Amen. we see it or not. I love it. Is there anything else I should have asked you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think this has been great. <laughs> I appreciate it. You look, I just thank God you for You were it. listening. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying. There's a, uh, a way, you know, I just, a moment of personal privilege, I guess, you know, we're just thankful for the way you've led Asbury. Um, both my wife and I are third generation Asburyans. We come from mm-hmm. families that pretty much everybody mm-hmm. went to the school. I have a, while you were there, my grandfather's legacy was kind of cemented with the, with the Miller Building yes. for um, Communication Arts. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just so delighted. And, and somebody who's had to lead a couple of capital drives, I just mm-hmm. appreciate your, your drive to get this 
you know, significant campaign, $60 million. I can't believe I'm, I'm just so impressed Asbury's yeah. made. I know you, you have a few, uh, a little bit left We've to go. We've got a few dollars left to go. That's right. <laughs> but it's a, I appreciate the way you've been a steward mm-hmm. of this institution and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the stud, a student of the discipline of Christian higher ed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, we love you and thank we thank you. God for you. Thank you. And we're proud of you. So glad for what you're doing here. God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. All right. God bless you, folks. We'll see you next time at Captain's Corner. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Captain's Corner. Next week on the podcast, we will have Commissioner David Hudson, the National Commander of the Salvation Army and United States of America. If you'd like to learn more about us, please feel free to check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at SalArmyTampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time. 